Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Acupuncture Outsider podcast. This is actually just an intro trailer to kind of let you know uh, where I think I want to go with this um, podcast. And um, I can introduce myself. I'm Richard Hazel. I live in Buffalo, New York. I'm an orthopedic acupuncturist. Uh, my clinic's focus is entirely on pain and injury. I got my master's and my doctorate in Chinese um, acupuncture from Pacific College of Oriental Medicine in New York City. Um, but I choose to work outside of the Chinese medicine paradigm because I get excellent results for pain, mobility, sports performance with a more Western approach that was primarily developed by medical doctors in Canada. Um, I'll do a whole podcast episode on all my influences like Yonda and Levitt, um, Joseph Wong, Si Chan Gunn, Andre Fleming, Janet Travell, and maybe there are others, but those are the primary ones. Um, and why am I calling it the acupuncture outsider? Um, well, um, I guess... Uh, what I would want to say is that we all um, we all have a why. We all have a reason that we get out of bed every day. And for me, that is helping patients who are in pain to not have pain or to have much less pain, gain, regain mobility, get back to the things that they love doing. That is what motivates me. Nothing is more motivating to me than receiving an email or a text or a message from somebody about how much better they are and all the things that they're able to get back to and how their spouse is so much happier because now they can actually be social, things like that. To me, that's what gets me out of bed. That's my why. And um, the best way that I found to do uh, that for people is using electric stimulation acupuncture and applying electric stimulation uh, usually to a needle in the motor point, an area of the muscle with lower electrical resistance to correct muscle shortening. Um, if you are new to orthopedic assessment or acupuncture, maybe you're not an acupuncturist at all, um, the point is that muscles cross joints. In order for a limb to move, a muscle has to start on one side of the joint cross over the joint and attach its tendon to the other side of the joint. And when muscles become too short and tight from injury, overuse, or age, it can cause movement dysfunction and joint pain and inflammation. So we can use the motor point of the muscle to correct that muscle shortening, but you have to use a needle. If you're just using a TENS unit on the skin, it's not going to correct muscle shortening. It will relieve some pain temporarily, but that's mostly because uh, it's, it's acting like a massage and it can help block pain via the gate control theory, which where the uh, mechanoreceptors will override the pain receptors. Um, but back to what I was saying, um, we can use some, the motor points to correct muscle shortening to restore joint mobility. Um, we can use the motor points to get an inhibited muscle firing better because pain, pain will inhibit muscles, make them weak. And even if it's a strong muscle, 
if you have an injury or pain or a an antagonist muscle is tight it will inhibit a muscle and we can use the motor point to get those muscles firing better so this all helps people to be out of pain very quickly um when I started sharing this information with other acupuncturists back at, I guess, the end of 2015, um, they loved it. They took off running with it. They saw how fast it worked. They saw long-lasting results for their patients. They got very excited. And at that time, I, I had not really ever considered that I would be teaching live courses regularly, but... Um, you know, I realized if I want to help people not be in pain, I can help a whole lot more people by helping the people who help those people. So um, it was obvious I needed to start teaching and help acupuncturists so that we could exponentially help more people not be in pain. And believe me, the, those mess the messages from acupuncturists and how their clinic has changed and sometimes they say their life has changed because they also had suffered from chronic pains and issues that have now been resolved because of the use of motor point acupuncture um so it you know it's very gratifying for me and and that's what's motivated me to continue teaching but um i had no idea that doing this would ruffle feathers in what I would call the acupuncture establishment in the United States. Um, I was naive thinking that we all have the same why. We all have, we all get out of bed every day to help people. Um, I thought that's what we all were doing um, because the people that I went to school with who are acupuncturists um, share that why um, I'm very certain they're, they're, if you go to school to study acupuncture you're usually there with people over 30 who are changing careers and they have made a choice to help people um, as opposed to whatever probably corporate job they were in um, and sometimes at the loss of a very good uh, paycheck they will choose the gratification of helping others over um, much bigger paychecks. Uh, so that's kind of what I thought we were all about, but um, it turns out not everybody gets out of bed with the primary goal of helping others. So um, I guess I'll just say if if we're ever at a live conference and you want to go out for a drink, I'll tell you some stories. Um, but not everybody is doing acupuncture just to help others. So, um, and uh, now there are a lot more Facebook groups um, for acupuncturists and, and many of them now uh, encompass using motor points. Um, it didn't used to be like that. And I know when I first got out of school, there was nothing. I searched everywhere. There was nothing for people using motor points with electric stimulation. 
Um, so I joined some of the big acupuncture groups and every once in a while would dip my toe in the pool and mention motor points. Somebody would have a tough case that wouldn't be tough if they just used like one or two motor points, you know. I would put my little two cents in the comment section. Um, and most of the time it got ignored. But one time I got into this big spat with one of the big gurus of traditional acupuncture. Like we're, we're talking like, you know, the energy people. Um, and we got into this big spat and he basically said that this style that I was using was basically like the fast food equivalent of his five-star cuisine acupuncture. Um, and I found a lot of the negative feedback that I would get. Kind of wanted to say that what we were doing by thinking more about the muscles was just something even a child could learn or a primate and that their way, which was much more intricate and probably involved knowledge of numerology, astrology, the, uh, you know, um, many um, uh, elements of the I Ching um, was far superior. So um, I left those groups because you have to go where it's warm. You have to go where it's comfortable. And um, I eventually did find a group that was uh, welcoming. And um, at this point, I decided I would create my own Facebook group. It was like 2018. That's, uh, I joined that and asked my friend and, um, and frequent um, assistant for live live training Dan Dominguez to join me. So if you are an acupuncturist and interested, you can find our Facebook group, the Motor Point Acupuncture with Richard Hazel and Dan Dominguez um, on Facebook, where we share a lot of cases and other things. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot out there now, but um, anyway, um, the gist of what I'm saying is I, you know, I kind of feel like an outsider sometimes because I'm going against the grain um, and ruffling some feathers. But to tell you the truth, if it gets us to a point where more patients are getting the kind of results that I see with motor points, um, it will be worth pissing some people off um, because the, the goal really should be helping more people and not just preserving tradition for the sake of tradition because um, Lord knows there's plenty of scholars who can do that. But when it comes to treating patients who are in pain, I personally think we should all be doing whatever works the best and has the longest lasting results. And if it works very quickly, even better. Um, but I believe there's room for all of us. And there's so many people living with pain that even if every acupuncturist started only treating pain, we'd still probably not have enough acupuncturists for everyone who needs us. So there's room for everyone. Um, 
in the podcast, I am going to be sharing some clinical cases, some of my thoughts about that treatment, especially if I think that I'm going to be going slightly um, off the beaten path a little bit, maybe be a little controversial or uh, go against some of the dogma in our profession. Um, you know, when I was coming out of school, um, like I was saying, you know, there was nothing online. I had to basically self-educate anything that was tough and I didn't understand it. I really needed to read and learn more about it. Whatever sports injury it was, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, whatever it was, I needed to read what the, you know, the rehab experts thought, what did the physical therapists say, what do chiropractors do, what did the people who are working with uh, fascia, myofascial um, work saying about these injuries. I had to really learn them um, in a way to a depth that I didn't do in school that I, you know, wasn't able to, to study in school. Um, and that led me to reading, you know, chapters of Dr. Travell's book or, or reading uh, Bonica or uh, something from Yonda or Carl Levitt. And um, I really had to figure stuff out on my own. The great thing about that is, though, that it led me to some great solutions that when I start now that we have access to the work of so many other acupuncturists who are doing similar things i see the way they teach and i see the the ways that they treat certain things and i'm glad i had to figure it out on my own because sometimes it's it's not the fastest or in my opinion the best way to treat some of these things so i'm going to go against uh, the grain a little bit and not go with this sort of establishment approach um, in some cases and I'll tell you when I'm doing that and why um, um, so um, so I hope I can add some new and interesting ideas to what you may already be doing maybe I'll be a little controversial maybe I will ruffle some feathers but at the end of the day I do it because I want people to get excellent results. I want people to be able to think outside the box, not always not always believe that there's a real guru somewhere. Because um, when it comes to human beings and the study of human health, movement, rehab, even the medical doctors that you're going to see as experts are still learning. They still have to keep learning. We're all still learning. So as long as we stay teachable, you know, we'll continue to move forward. And I think as a profession, that's what's really important because um, the tradition of, of believing in gurus and, and believing that there are these classic texts that say everything that is true, and then if it's not in there, then it's not true. Or if it's new and it does work, then we need to re-examine the classics and reinterpret them so that they do embrace and say exactly what you just discovered um, and prove that it was already known, it was already discovered, you just missed it. Um, we need to keep thinking, no, there's, there, are, there is actually new data. There is actually 
a new way to look at things and understand things. And um, that's what I hope to bring is just the, the spirit of discovery and learning and continuing to learn, learn from our te- from our teachers, learn from our patients, learn from our experience with tough cases. Whenever I have a tough case, I learn something new, you know, and even if I didn't help that person, I, f- I usually have learned something um, important about treating that tough condition so the next time I see somebody, I'll be even more successful than the last time. Um, so I'll, I think I'm, I'm going to uh, stop here for a second. I'm just going to say I, um, I'm going to try to make episodes short enough your daily commute, maybe like 20 minutes, uh, maybe less, hopefully not too much more than that. Um, and I'll just put it out there that um, one of the things that I get excited about is learning foreign languages. And I'm currently learning Dutch for the first time, but I've studied French and German for many years. And um, if there's an audience for me to record some episodes in French or German, um, I would be happy to do that, especially if it's just like an explainer. Um, If there's an audience out there that I could reach that otherwise might not pay attention to an English-speaking podcast, um, let me know, because I'm willing to put the time in. um, And I think my French and my German are good enough that People would not be put off by it too much. Um, so that said, uh, I hope you will enjoy this podcast. And thanks for listening. <laughs>